All right. You want to go ahead and turn to the book of Proverbs. We're in the third week of our series, Beyond Common Sense. And this week, um, we're going to talk about an area of wisdom that if you do not have this in your life, you're basically wasting the rest of your life. So this is a critical, a critical area of wisdom that you need to really listen to today. Um, I discovered that I suffered in this area uh, several years ago. You know that I worked at uh, a campgrounds, campgrounds called uh, Shiloh Park Campgrounds in Marion, Indiana. And as I worked there, uh, I had this habit of being late to work. Uh, I would constantly be late to work about five, ten minutes late. You had to go into the office, sign in, um, and put down your time and things like that. So I was honest and put down my time. But I kept being late. And you think, well, five, ten minutes, that's not a, not a big deal. Would you live like 30 miles away or something? No. Did you live like, like 20 minutes away? No. Like 10 minutes away? No. Um, I actually lived on the campgrounds. So I was actually a 70 feet away uh, to the camp office where you sign in. That's pretty bad when you're late to work, when you live where you work. Okay? That's when I knew there's a problem. I have a problem. Part of this may be laziness. The other part was uh, self-discipline. And uh, that, that's, that was kind of like how I kind of woke up from that after about a year. I'm like, yeah, I think I got a problem. I keep arriving late to work, and I live here. So that could be a problem. But within wisdom, you see, there is a path called discipline. And if you stay on this path, you will. You will start to see some positive things happening in your life. But if we were honest with ourselves, how many of us today... But say, we wish we had the time and or resources to do what we really wanted to do in life. How many of, you, how many of that describes you today? If we had the time, if we had the resources to do what we really wanted to do today, how many of, that would, how many of you would, would that describe this morning? Like you always say, man, if I only had enough time, right? We say a lot of times, uh, uh, if, there were, if, if we had more than 24 hours in a day, right, we would get stuff done or... Or if we had enough money, we could really do this or that and the other. That's some deep insight this morning. God has only given us 24 hours, hasn't he? But he says that that's enough. God has blessed us with incomes or whatever we make. And God knows that that's enough for you right now at this moment in your life. It's what we do with that time, what we do with those resources, what we do with those things in our life that either honor God or if we abuse his gift. So here's the thing. Um, the Proverbs chapter 31, and this isn't going to be our main passage today, but don't you love the Proverbs 31 woman in here? Isn't it great? And even if you're a guy, you know, you can still want to be like this woman, just not like the womanly way, just some of these characteristics here. But, but in this, Proverbs 31 describes all these things that this lady does. And like, wow, how does she do all of that? I mean, it's incredible if you read through the list of things that she does. 
but it's mainly because she lived a disciplined life. Now, here's the cool thing, is, and this is what we want to get to today, and it's in verse 25. It says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. Here it comes. She can laugh at the days to come. How many of you just seriously just want to, like, laugh at the days to come? Like, everything's in order. Everything's fine. Everything's ready. It's all good. We're not having to be in a worry. We're not stressed out about the next um, uh, uh, thing coming up in our next event coming up in our life. Uh, we can laugh at the days to come. Meaning this lady was at peace. How many of you want that this morning? Just one person. Great. That's wonderful. This will go over well. Uh, no, it, I mean, it, to laugh at the days to come, this is, this is what we want to look forward to. I mean, I, there, there's a lot of people that I, I deal with, um, premarital counseling, things like that, getting them ready for the, the marriage. And, and um, it, it's always a unique, unique thing because uh, there's some couples that are, uh, are, are just ready. I mean, you know, everything's in place. I always ask them uh, closer to the wedding date, is everything coming together as far as the, the wedding planning goes, going and everything else? And, and some are like at peace, and they're like, yeah, we're good. They like kick their feet back. They're like, yeah, so let's concentrate more on like the relationship. And you're like, it's great. I love, I love seeing that. But then there's other couples that I'm like, oh, my heart breaks for them because they're so stressed out. And it's like, it's like, oh, one week away. We don't have the flowers, and we don't have the cups, and the, the silverware is different from the other plates. And, you know, and it, they're just going crazy, and, and they're and it's stressful and everything else, and they can't laugh at the days to come, Right? A discipline plays a key role in your life to be able to laugh at the days to come, to be able to be at peace. And uh, we're not going to talk about more of the discipline as in correction today, but more of the discipline living, as it talks about in the first chapter of Proverbs. Remember, we talked about the first seven verses were kind of like the outline of this sermon series here. But it talked about those who are wise um, being disciplined, living a disciplined life. So if we want to uh, laugh the rest of the days of our life, we need to stay on the path of discipline. And Solomon understood this, and he wrote about it in a very unexpected way. If you want to turn back to Proverbs chapter 6, he chooses to illustrate this area of wisdom with an insect, one of the smallest, the ant. So for every ant that you've stepped on in your life, you're about to receive some teaching from its family members. How does that make you feel? The ant is going to become our teacher this morning. And you're like, I just stepped on his house on the way here or something like that. But Solomon chooses to use this, one of God's smallest creations, to become the teacher for the moment. So let's go ahead and read Proverbs chapter 6, 6 through 11. Listen to this. Go to the ant you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander or overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man." Now, do you want the in-your-face version? Then you read the message version. Check this out. Are you ready for this? You lazy fool, look at the ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. 
Nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer it stores up food. At harvest, it stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed? A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, um, you're a permanent house guest. That's the in-your-face version right there, I'm telling you. Straight up, that's why I love the Word of God. It gets down to the bottom line, all right? You want the bottom line? Discipline is incredibly important in your life, okay? And um, um, I, I love that, that version uh, from the, the message version there. But uh, as I was thinking about that this week, I, I came across, just happened to catch it on my way out. Um, I saw on TV, I don't know if it's a 2020 special or something like that, but it was talking about young singles today, and there's this, this, this growing trend that's happening. Um, those who are young and, uh, and, uh, the y- young and single uh, and once had great careers have actually left their career because it was so stressful and everything else, and they decided to just be unemployed and to enjoy life. So we're seeing, uh, they showed pictures of this guy, interviewed this guy, and then this woman, this guy's like uh, working on his golf game, you know, he's like visiting all these golf courses and everything else, and he's having just a blast, you know, and it shows him, and he's having so much fun, and then this lady, she's like hanging out at the beach all day, and, and so it just, it shows this trend of, they called it the, the, get this, instead of the unemployed, they called it the fun employed, so they added an F in front of it, the fun employed. But they interviewed these people, and they said, now, what do you think's going to happen here in the future? I mean, don't you think this is kind of a little dangerous? And I remember the guy saying, well, yeah, but I'm just not going to worry about that right now. You know, I just want to have fun. I want to I enjoy life. I want to take it all in. And as I sat there thinking, I'm like, okay, that's all right in a way, but no, you're missing the bigger picture here because it's definitely going to affect you later. You see... As it talked about here in chapter 6, it says that the ant gathers its food at harvest. So many people want to go straight to the harvest and just get right there. Instant gratification. Instant harvest. And as I was watching the young singles on that television show waste away their life, that you're not only affecting you, you're going to affect your, probably your future family, those around you, those who surround you, and you're creating some really bad habits in your life. But that, honestly, that, that, that is the trend in, our, in America right now, is that we want instant gratification. Where we need to work to get, the only thing that we don't have to work for is our salvation. That's the only thing we do not have to work for. That is our salvation. Salvation is a gift from God for those who will believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But I'm telling you, discipline is so important in your life, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that here. So I thought about what, what, what insect would, would be best to kind of contrast um, from the ant. You know, and I was thinking about this, and I, and I was looking through... The, the scripture, and I noticed something, I was like, the word sluggard, if you could see in the word sluggard, there's a word of an insect. What is it? Slug. 
Oh, how many of you love slugs? I know my wife loves slugs. We get to, every once in a while in our house, we'll get these slugs. Now you're like never going to come over. But uh, every once in a while, they'll come along. And they're not hard to catch. <laughs> they're plump. They're juicy. I haven't eaten one. I'm just, I'm just saying they're juicy looking. I mean, not in a good way. I mean, they just look, you know what I'm saying. So anyway, and, and they don't move fast. I mean, they, they, I don't even know if they hardly move. I mean, it's like amazing how they even got to my kitchen because I'm like, dude, you're not even moving. And, and, and that's like a really good picture of a lot of um, people today. And I don't know if that describes you or someone you know, or, or you're like, man, I've got to get this CD for someone else, you know, my family, and take the, this to them and let them listen to it. But a slug, a sluggard, a slug, not doing anything, sitting there, making gross juices, and just sitting there, you know, doing nothing. You know, the Bible has nothing good to say about sluggards, by the way. Not really slugs, but sluggards. Listen to what the Bible says about that. It says in uh, Proverbs 21, 25, the sluggard's craving will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. What about 22, verse 13? The sluggard says, there's a line outside or I'll be murdered in the streets. In other words, he makes excuses all the time. You're starting to picture somebody in your head, aren't you? Proverbs 24, 30 through 31. I went past the field of the sluggard, past the vineyard of the man who lacks judgment. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruins. So I'm going to drive by your lawns today and make sure that you guys have... Mo- no, I'm kidding. Mo- your lawn. Proverbs 26:14. As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. If, you notice the, the, if you've ever seen a door, which you have, you've seen many doors... As they hinge back and forth, back and forth. What's, what's the common theme there? They don't go anywhere. Nothing happens. It's always going to be there. It always stays put. No progress. And then what about Proverbs 20, verse 4? A sluggard does not plow in season, and this is kind of funny, so at harvest time, he looks, but he finds nothing. I can't believe, I can't believe I'm not reaping all this. What, what, well, look at what you did. You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything to achieve this. If you're thinking, well, man, wh- why is my, my little child such a brat? Well, have you disciplined him? Have you done anything with him? Now, that, could be, that, could be a, that could be a problem. Or, or you're saying, man, why are, why are my, my, my grades? I should be getting A's. You're like, dude, have you even studied? Have you even opened up? Have you even cracked open a textbook? Would you stop doodling while the teacher is talking? You know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, we, we, we want to go to the harvest, but a lot of times we want to do the work to get there. And so the Bible has nothing good to say about the sluggards. They just remind me of slugs, basically. But then the ant. Thank goodness we have the ant. Next time you see an ant, don't smash it. Just think of it and say, thank you. Thank you. Just say, not, you're not worshiping Marie, anything, so don't do that. But just say, hey, God used you. Wonderful. And 6 through 8 says, go to the ant. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provision in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Most of us have bosses. 
Some of you are self-employed. But most of us have bosses. Even those who are self-employed really um, have somebody over you. But, but think about your boss. When your boss comes into your room, what does the influence of his presence do to your work? Oh, man, I've got to work harder. I've got to do this. Gotta do, right? And what happens when your boss leaves? Oh, man, some conviction. I just, I just sent some conviction all over the room right about now. All right? What happens when your boss leaves the room? And what if, let me ask you this question. What if you worked like the only one watching you was the Lord? What if you truly worked that way? Because the Bible teaches that. And how would your discipline be different in your life? You know, worker ants, I was doing some study up on, uh, on uh, ants this week, so that was fun. Um, and uh, it, was, it was really fun. Uh, worker ants live one to three years. Isn't that crazy? One to three years, like the queen like, lives forever or something like that. But the, 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 ant, the, the worker ant lives one to three years, yet you see them working so hard. Back and forth, back and forth. And, and making the most of the time. One to three years. And my question is, what if you had just one to three years left in your life? How would your life be different? It'd be a lot different, wouldn't it? It'd be a lot different in how your day and your weeks and your months are planned out. But I really think more than anything that we need to be more about the kingdom of God today. Because everything we do should be about the kingdom of God and the reason why discipline is so important because it's about the kingdom of God. Making the most of every opportunity, making the most of our time, making the most of our schedules so that we can glorify God, so that we can do ministry, so that we can um, honor Him and glorify Him. Um, the great news is that God has instilled discipline within us. This would be a great verse to memorize, okay? Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. We got it. It's within us. It's just ready to be applied to our life like Jesus did. Jesus said in John 9, verse 4, as long as, that, as, long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. To say, let's utilize these days for, for um, the Father's glory. So I believe there's four pillars of discipline that we need to focus our attention on, all right? So let's go through those um, right now. Uh, first of all, is physical discipline. Uh, rest. Are you getting enough rest? <laughs> because this passage is not all about being a workaholic, okay? That's not what this passage is about at all. Are you taking times of rest in your schedule every day, spending time with the Lord and resting in Him? Um, are you spending time every week taking one day off instead of working? Seven? Let me tell you, if you work six days a week, God will provide for the seventh. He always does if you honor Him with one of those days. Are you taking that time? And believe me, when that day off, that's not, that's not talking about running errands everywhere and, and so you can get the laundry done and all this other stuff. It's so that you can just chill out and, and just spend time with your Savior. And maybe it's going to the mountains and 
and spending time with them in prayer. Maybe it's at home just playing with your kids. And maybe it's, it's getting more into the Word that day. Maybe it's, it's, it's a time of, of just of praying and fasting. Uh, maybe it's, it's just, just enjoying what God has given you. Just relaxing. Maybe it's just sleeping. Maybe you just need to sleep most of the day. Maybe God's saying you need to just you need to re you need to get recharged here. And how much more effective would we be in our workplaces if we really took that seriously and took one day a week? So how's your rest? Um, I think a lot about this, and then my 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 favorite coffee shop still is my favorite coffee shop. Uh, it's really close to where I live. Uh, Start off as a it's an awesome coffee shop, you know, and there are wonderful people in there and and. And the furniture is really nice, and just a nice, quiet atmosphere. <laughs> well, I don't know if they were struggling financially or whatever, but then they they added um, another type of business in there, and then another type of business, and has shrunk this <laughs> coffee shop to now about this much area where it used to be this much area. So I'm like, no, don't take away. Like I'm shrinking here, and 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 I I think that's kind of the picture of what can happen in our life if we do not take enough rest in our life. What we were originally meant to be starts to be shoved out of our life and, and all of a sudden we are just hanging on by a thread. And I hope that's not you in your life right now, but if it is, really take that seriously. Take a day off. Work will always be there tomorrow. It will always be there. So rest. What about in physical discipline? Exercise. It doesn't mean that you have to go out and get uh, the latest membership at a, at, a, at a club. Maybe it's just walking. Maybe it's going out and walking in your neighborhood. Uh, doing something active. It doesn't mean you have to be the next model either. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. But it is to continue to exercise. That way you are um, going to, to be able to be around longer. <laughs> um, God only knows when, when your day is up. But the, the thing is uh, that you take good care of your body. That way you're helping uh, the kingdom of God. So you're energetic, ready to be able to witness to somebody or, or whatever it may be. Okay, all this is about the kingdom of God. Okay. And food, what are you putting in your mouth? I mean, just think about that. And you know, I'm convicted with that, too, of what I eat. But the thing is, you know, it's like, are you eating food that are going to be more, uh, giving you more energy? Like Daniel, you talk about Daniel in the book of Daniel, eating vegetables, and they're stronger than any of the other guys out there. Um, you're eating more junk food all the time. I mean, these things are important. So physical discipline. The next uh, pillar I, I think would be of, of importance is, is financial discipline. Uh, how many times have you w- wanted to just like give to a certain ministry that has just been blessing you so much? Uh, maybe it was to like an orphanage or maybe it was to uh, some missionaries or, or, to, or, or to something else. And you're just like, I do not have the money to do that. Okay. Um, if, if you've been there before, you know, financial discipline no matter what God has given you and blessed you with, um, uh, maybe you're not be able to give as much as others. But you, know, you think about the woman with the, the the two mites they threw into the into the offering plate. But the thing is, this is like um, the tithe is so incredibly important. Uh, I can't. I mean, I can't stress stress that enough. It's not that uh, the church wants your money. Okay, it's not that God needs your money. It's that we're being obedient to God um, and what He commands us to do in giving a tithe which is 10% of your income. It's amazing. When I first became a Christian, um, and I was 21 years old, all right, 
I just start right off the bat. I was like, all right, boom, 10%, 10%. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be obedient doing that. I'm telling you, Candace can testify to this. Uh, we, we've never been, uh, uh, God has always provided. We've, we, we've never been hurting, have we? We've been close. <laughs> and I think those are times of testing that God likes to, and you guys have been there before too, but I'm telling you, if you will stay faithful to tithing uh, to, to your local church, because uh, that's what I believe God talks about the storehouse. Um, believe me, He will bless you. He will honestly bless you. Okay, without a doubt. Uh, the financial discipline. You know, th- just think about what you're spending your money on, and and maybe what could that be used for for ministry. Some of you are not going to go out to eat afterwards because I said that. I'm, it, if you're going out to eat, that's fine. I mean, fellowship is good. So that's another kingdom thing. So it's all good. Just you know what I'm saying there. Moral discipline is another one. Absolutely. What is going in your mind? How are you renewing your mind as, the, as Romans uh, chapter 12 talks about? How are you renewing your mind? Are you renewing it, renewing it with, with, uh, with worship music and with the word of God and with, uh, with, with prayer and with, with fellowship with other believers and with all these other things? Or are you feeding your mind on trash? You know, I mean, think about those things, moral discipline. How's your speech? I think there's this trend going on that I don't like to see amongst uh, uh, Christian leaders right now that they think it's okay to cuss in, in service. I don't think that is appropriate at all, at all. I've read it in some of the books. Some of them I really like, too. And, and believe me, don't even, don't even fall into that trap. You could say, well, a word is just a word. No, it's not. Read the book of James. The unwholesome talk out of your mouth. Believe me, the Holy Spirit will convict you. How's your speech going? Are you disciplined in your speech? Maybe before you should say something, maybe you should think about what you are about to say, too. That's always the hard part for um, a lot of you that, that kind of speak out your thoughts there. But uh, how's your speech? And then your actions um, and your moral discipline there. What about your spiritual discipline here? This is the last one. The spiritual discipline. How are your relationships? We talked about the up, in, and out. How is your relationships, your relationship with God? How, how's your relationship with Him? Is it tight? Is, it, is, it, is He like a friend? And the Bible talks about you can be your friend, too. It's not only just um, a, a, a servant, but you're also his friend. You can be um, um, his son, his daughter. Do you feel like that's the type of relationship you have with him? Or does it feel kind of cold and distant? Um, your relationship with, with people in the church, how's that going right now? You know, I challenged you a couple weeks ago. Are you guys getting into each other's homes? Are you calling each other? Are you hanging out with each other? Are you doing life together? this is all about what the church is all about too, okay? And how are your relationships with strangers? How are you treating one another? How are you loving one another? Uh, about your, your marriage, your kids, your relatives, uh, the relationships. How are those going? In the spiritual discipline as well, how's your prayer life? You know, I know all of us could probably say we, we need to pray more, but the thing is what, when you're in that time, is it intimate? Is it, is, it, um, is it passionate? Or is it routine? Those are the things you've got to think about. And then what about your time in the Word of God? I believe, without a doubt, we need to be in every single day, every single day, feeding upon the Word of God, treating this as, I can't even eat today if I do not feed on the Word of God first, or, or, or feed on the Word of God sometime throughout the day, so that I know how to live my life and be a light in this world, to the glory of Jesus Christ, okay? So those disciplines, the physical, the financial, the moral, the spiritual, 
which is really everything is, is uh, which those could be lumped in the spiritual as well. But my challenge to you is, is, is um, to strongly consider these three questions, which are on your notes in the bulletin this morning. You want to take this home or, or, or even jot down these thoughts right now. But, but number one, what destructive habits do I need to stop doing? And maybe you're the only one that knows it. Maybe your um, spouse is nudging you right now. Uh, whatever it may be. But what destructive habits do you have that you need to stop doing? And then number two, what productive habits do I need to create? Because I think discipline is, is pretty much a lot of times a form of art as well. <laughs> what do I need to create as well? What habits, what good habits, what godly habits do I need to create in my life? Maybe it's getting up a little earlier so that I can uh, be and spend time with, with God before I go to work. Uh, uh, maybe it's I create more time in my schedule to play with my kids. Uh, maybe it's I need to just really think about taking that day off um, throughout my seven-day week. Think about those things, that the good habits you need to start. And number three, when should I start? Let me help you. Today. <laughs> Today. Don't start tomorrow. That's the slug. The slug's like, don't worry, I'll get back to you. <coughs> well, that was like a mafia voice. Um, the ant's like, let's do this now, all right? Let's go for it. I'm gung-ho, let's do it. Let's start now, start today. Because the path of discipline, this is very important, the path of discipline is investing in today what you want to see tomorrow. It's investing in today what you want to see tomorrow. And sometimes we may not see all those things tomorrow because that is faith. And sometimes we'll see that when we get to heaven. Um, maybe those, those things that you did that were pleasing to God and storing up treasures in heaven as the Bible talks about. Maybe you'll see them then. Or maybe you'll see them here on earth too. The thing is, investing in today what you want to see tomorrow, that is the path of discipline. And if you want the harvest, the satisfying life of peace and purpose, then you must create some godly habits. So here are some habits that we can learn from the ant as we close, okay? Um, and it's kind of an acronym there. So habits that lead to a harvest. We'll start with A, attitude of initiative. We see that uh, the ant has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it goes, it goes ahead and takes the initiative to go for it, all right? Get to go ahead and get the, the work um, started. It's an attitude. It's developing that attitude of initiative. Well, can you do that in your life? And the N stands for a narrowed focus. All right? The ant knows what, it's want, what it wants. It creates these paths, actually, um, back and forth from its location to the colony to send food back and forth. It's got a single focus, and that is to, to provide um, food for everyone. All right? And so what is it that you have? What can you narrow your focus in? What is it that you're looking to see? Maybe it's, maybe it's you want to have um, uh, uh, children that are more obedient uh, to you and to the Lord and things like that. And, and so now, for example, you want to start implementing things in their life. Maybe you pray with them um, at meals and you teach them to pray at night. Um, maybe you read the Word of God to them, okay? I think something cool just happened. Uh, we were at a... Olive Garden last night. <laughs> My little girl's already an evangelist. Cracks me up. We were leaving. Uh, the uh, we were leaving after we were done eating there, and 
one of the waitresses came up and, and, and was commenting on Ella's shoes or something. Oh, how, how cute are those and stuff like that. And or she goes, or she goes um, the, the waitress goes, oh, my G-O-D. Those are the cutest shoes I've ever seen. And as she said that, immediately my little girl goes, hey, 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 because she stutters sometimes. Hey, 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 y- you, shouldn't, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> And instantly, this girl, like, conviction falls over her face. She gets really red. She's like, you're right. I should not have said God. I should say gosh. I should say gosh. It was hilarious. Like, instantly, my little girl's like, bam. I'm like, go, girl. That's what I'm talking about. Instant conviction. It was wonderful. Uh, uh, so, so, anyway, where was, where was I going with this? Uh, so then the narrowed focus, right? It's, it's about the kingdom of God. Um, it's all about the kingdom of God. What is your focus? Uh, what do you want to train up to to accomplish in your life? And maybe that was just one example there. Uh, the T is for thirst for integrity. All right, thirst for integrity. Uh, here's the thing. What I learned about the ants is that if an ant get this, if an ant is separated from the original colony, it will eventually lose the colony scent. And any ant that enters a colony without a matching scent will be attacked. All right. Now, I don't want to go with the attack part of this, but, but, but listen to what I'm saying here. The, the more we get off the path of discipline and off of righteousness and the things that are pleasing to God, we start to lose our scent as a Christian. And that can affect how we witness to this world. God talks about um, us being the, uh, a pleasing aroma to him. You want to be a pleasing aroma to God today. Don't lose your scent. Stay on the path of discipline. Believe me, it'll help you. And then the S stands for spend time and resources wisely, as we talked about earlier. So one thing that, uh, the, the, as I close here, the one thing I, I noticed that really stood out to me um, in this whole thing of studying ants and, and reading this passage and everything else is that for ants, the colonies are sometimes described as superorganisms. Isn't that cool? Listen to this. Because the ants appear to operate as a unified entity, collectively working together to support the colony. These ants are disciplined, working side by side together for the greater good, for the colony. And if we as Christians can take that to heart and say, you know what, if I can live a disciplined life, and if my brother and sister in Christ can live, live a disciplined life and our church can be a disciplined church, it's going to be for the greater, for the kingdom of God. Because we want to be a light in this community, amen? That's what we want to be in. So that's what uh, I want to challenge you with today. Um, next time you look at an ant, don't smash them just yet. Maybe before you smash them, you say, hey, thank you. <laughs> now, just really, um, may, it, may it be on, on your heart to thank God for giving us his word and to knowing that we can have that harvest in the right way at the right time if we will trust in God and if we will put his word into practice. All right? If you would, bow your heads with me.
Father, we, we praise you today, Lord. We thank you that um, we don't have to blend in with the crowd. You called us to be different. You called us to be holy, to be set apart for your glory. And sometimes people may not understand that. And that's okay. Because we were doing it for you. Because of what you've done for us, Lord, how could we not be obedient to you? I think about the um, Dave Ramsey plan and things like that. And now he talks about how it's, people may think you're weird if you spend your money a certain way or save a certain way. But those who are debt-free know that it's an amazing feeling uh, to be able to give more away because they have the resources to do it. And that's just one aspect of discipline in our life, Lord. As we talked about three others. We just pray, Father God, that we would be uh, people of uh, of discipline, not 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 that we'd be rigid, not rigidness, you know, not that we're we're all walking around in straight jackets, but that we're that we're just we're disciplined in doing these things so that we can affect the kingdom of God even further, so we can further your kingdom, Lord, with with what you've given us. You know, you've you've given us um, time, and we are we are stewards of that time. You've given us money, and we're stewards of that money. You, you've, you've given us um, minds and, and consciences and everything, and we're, we're responsible for that. We're responsible for the way we act and the way we speak and the stuff we look at and the, and the stuff that we listen to. And We're responsible for teaching our children. We're not going to just hand them off to the school systems, and we're not going to just hand them off to the church, even though they can learn in both places that they would learn from the, the parents as, you, as they learn from you, Lord. And in all these areas, Lord, that we could just become more disciplined in. It's not about trying harder all the time and, and just burn ourselves out because we also know that there's a discipline in rest. That we would rest so that we could be energized and ready to roll the next day and for the week and for the month and taking vacations and, and getting in tune with you and, resting every day in you, Lord, um, before we start our day or, or at the end of our day or during our day or all day. I just pray, Father God, that we would just take this message to heart, learn from the ant, <laughs> which is amazing, that uh, you would give Solomon that picture. Thank you, Father God, for that picture. And then we take it to heart today. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.